crazy the amount of mad stuff you have up here, Grandad. Like, when did you get the telescope? And what's with the boxing gloves? I used to box a bit, back in the day. In fact, I had quite a right hook. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Ever heard of Muhammad Ali, a boxer? Nope, sorry. Well, he was very famous. He actually came to Crow Park for a fight in 1972. I've a signed photograph of him somewhere around here. Awesome. Hey, Grandad, look at this little case. What is it? It has a sticker on the front of the Beatles. It says 1964. Mm, I have no idea what that is. Open it up there. Oh, it's a wooden flute. Like the ones they play in trad music. Do you play, Grandad? Not at all. And I can't think of the life of me where it came from. It looks very well used. The velvet inside the box is wearing away. Look, there's a little note here. It says, for the next beginner. Well, that's a mystery, isn't it? Who was the first beginner? Beats me, Grandad. It's cool, though, isn't it? It is very cool indeed. There it is. That's the boat. I see it, Dad. Oh, cheer up, kid. Think of it as an adventure. You and me against the world. London's going to be lucky to have us. I know, and I don't mean to be grumpy. I'm excited. Sort of. It's just that I won't know anyone. And Clodagh said that people in London are really unfriendly. And that everyone's in a hurry. And there are loads of pickpockets and muggers. She said that if you just ask someone what time it is, they'll steal your purse. (laughs) Quite the expert is Clodagh. Has she been to London? No, but her cousin's friend's sister has. Right. Well, I've been to London, and I can tell you that, yes, people are in a hurry. It's a very big city. But that just makes it exciting. And yes, sometimes you do need to be careful, but that's the same everywhere. Dublin isn't perfect, you know. Yeah, but it's home. Well, let's try and see if London can be home too. Shay said I'll have a job in construction waiting for me. Everywhere was so badly bombed during the war that even now they're still rebuilding the city. And then there are new motorways to build too. Plenty of work for the likes of me. And you'll get something too. I know you would have liked to stick with school a bit longer, but but you'll be earning your own money. Imagine that. Yeah, it's going to be great. And you know, kid, London is really where it's at these days. Everyone who's anyone is in London. Just think, we could be walking down the street and bump into that band you like. You know, the ones with the hair. The ones with the hair? You mean the Beatles, Dad? They're from Liverpool, not London, so I doubt I'll bump into them. Yes, but they're probably in London. Everyone's in London. You never know, kid.
We had left Dunleary at 8pm and travelled all night on the train from Holyhead. And even though it was only 6 o'clock in the morning, Euston Station was very busy and it looked like the whole world had just arrived there. Everyone was rushing about, bumping into one another and not even apologising. I wanted to link my dad's arm just in case we were separated, but I couldn't because we had our suitcases to carry. Hey, I'm going to go and ask the ticket people if there's a cafe nearby where we can get some breakfast. You wait here with the bags. Wait, here? On my own? You'll be fine, love. Just stay in this exact spot, next to the railings, and keep an eye on your handbag. I mean, don't worry or anything, but but keep your wits about you. All right, I will. But don't take too long. I watched my dad disappear and felt my heart begin to beat a little faster. I gripped my handbag tightly and scanned the crowd in case I could see any pickpockets about to strike, but no one stood out as particularly suspicious. There were some nuns and priests standing in small groups and chatting to people getting off the train. There were businessmen all in a rush, families with children hanging out of their mothers and young men looking tired and no one was paying the slightest bit of attention to me. Or so I thought. I nearly jumped when I felt someone's hand gently on my shoulder. It was one of the nuns. Hello, my dear. Oh, hello, sister. You've just arrived from Ireland, I take it? Yes, from Dublin. I see. Well, my name is Sister Maria, and what is your name, my dear? I'm Aileen. Well, you must be exhausted, Aileen. It's a very long journey. Is there someone here to meet you, or do you have an address to find? No, I'm travelling with my father. He's just gone to ask about somewhere to get breakfast. Oh, there he is now. Hello, sister. And you must be the father, I take it? I am indeed. Jim MacDonald is my name. Well, Mr MacDonald, young Aileen here has been alone waiting for you for some time now. But I was only gone a moment. You'll understand, Mr. MacDonald, that Euston Station is no place for a young girl to be left unaccompanied. We are far from Ireland now, as I'm sure you understand. Of course, sister. And where are you headed? We have rooms in a boarding house in Kilburn. Well, you'll find many Irish friends in that part of town, no doubt. And you'll get mass at the Sacred Heart Church. We'll be sure to. That's wonderful, sister. Thank you. I'll let you go and get your breakfast now. I'm sure young Aileen is hungry. Nice to meet you both. God bless. Thank you, sister. Goodbye, sister. As we watched Sister Maria move off into the crowd, I turned to my dad and raised one eyebrow. You'll get mass at the Sacred Heart Church, will you, dad? That would be the first time I've ever seen you in a church. (laughs) A little white lie. Well, no harm in that. Sure, she's not going to be checking that I'm there, is she? I wouldn't be so sure, dad. This is where you'll stay, Jim. The other men are on this floor too, and your daughter will be on the top floor with me. And she and I will share a bathroom, but she'll have plenty of privacy. Thank you, Miss O'Brien. Oh, please, call me Marjorie. Of course, Marjorie. Do you know you're the first English person we've met since we got here? 
Well, I wouldn't let the accent confuse you. I'm London Irish and proud. My parents are from Clare and Cork. Oh, right. I see. Now, Aileen, have you thought of a job for yourself? I'm not sure yet. Dad said I could maybe get a cleaning job. Or a job in a shop. I have a little bit of experience in the local. Oh, no, no, that won't do. You'll go to the Lions Corner House on Tottenham Court Road. I know the manager and they're looking for waitresses. They used to be called nippies because they dart around serving the customers so quickly. I hope you're quick on your feet. Yes, I think so. Lions Corner House serves tea and food. It's a good, respectable job for a girl, Jim. Hard work, but she'll be looked after in there. I'll let the manager know she'll be in first thing tomorrow. Well, that sounds great, doesn't it, Aileen? Yes, Dad. Thank you, Marjorie. You're welcome. I'll let you get settled and you can come down for dinner at 7pm. I hadn't expected to be starting work straight away, so I was a little nervous that night. We all had dinner together at the table. Me, Marjorie, Dad and four other men who were working on building sites around the city. Marjorie made stew, which Dad and I both said we loved, even though we weren't really stew people, because Marjorie didn't seem like someone you'd want to disappoint. The other men had all come over to London together the year before, from the same village in Mayo, and their families were all still there. When I heard that, I felt glad to be there with my dad, I would have been heartbroken if I was younger and he'd have to leave me behind. Mum would have wanted us to stick together. Will you be okay from here? Look, the corner house is just down this street. You can see the sign, can't you? Yes, Dad. I'll be fine. And I know my way back. I have it written down. See? Oh, yes. You're always so organised. Good girl. You'll be fine today. Thanks, Dad. And I hope the meeting with Shay goes well and he can set you up with work too. I'm sure something will come through. I'll see you back at the house. Hopefully Marjorie makes something other than stew for dinner. Fingers crossed. Bye, Dad. Lion's Corner House was much bigger than I had imagined and extremely busy, with a steady stream of customers being served tea, breakfast, lunches, cakes and buns. The manager, Miss Harris, was nice, but she only gave me a quick run-through of the basics of the job before bundling me into the ladies' changing room to put on my uniform. It was not like anything I'd worn before. A black dress with a double row of pearl buttons down the front, with a white apron and a starched white cap with a red L for lines embroidered on it. Before I left, Marjorie had made sure that my hair was in a neat bun, that my black shoes were well shined, and that I had proper stockings. When I looked in the mirror, I barely recognised myself, and I felt a little silly. 
But that all changed when I walked out onto the floor and saw the other waitresses all dressed exactly the same as me. Miss Harris inspected everyone's uniforms before the doors opened to make sure they were just so. Whatever that means. A girl called Flo showed me what I had to do. And she said even though Miss Harris seemed nice, I mustn't cross her. So I did exactly what I was told and tried to remember all the details. By the time the day was over and I had served beans on toast and egg mayonnaise to what felt like every person in London, I was exhausted and may as well have been sleepwalking to get my tube and bus home. Hello, Aileen. How was it? You look tired, love. It was good. Hard work being on my feet all day. But the manager and the other staff are nice enough. Where's the music coming from? Oh, Marjorie's Uncle Pat called over and they're having a bit of a sing-song and playing a few tunes in the lounge. It's a bit of crack. Come in and join us. I'm really tired, Dad. Is that Aileen? Tell her that there's dinner in the kitchen for her and she's to come in to us when she's finished. I know she plays the whistle. There's no escape, kid. Oh, all right, but please, please promise me you won't sing that song about the sheepdog. I can make no promises. As it turned out, Marjorie played the flute and the concertina and her Uncle Pat played the fiddle, along with one of the Mayo men on the spoons and a few songs from my dad and the others. It actually didn't sound so bad, and I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I hadn't played the tin whistle since I was little, but I remembered one or two tunes and gave them a go. I almost forgot how tired I was. Somehow, my day at Lyons Corner House seemed like a distant memory. I felt like I had spent the whole day in England and the night in Ireland. At work during the week, Flo and I talked about the Beatles because she was probably the biggest fan you could ever meet. She said they were making a film in London and she'd been trying to find out where they'd be so she could see them in person. I didn't think that would ever happen, but talking about them always helped us pass the day in lines. And every Friday when I came home to Kilburn, we would have our little music session in the lounge. Marjorie's Uncle Pat taught me a few new tunes and I found myself always looking forward to it. You're doing well, Aileen. Keep it up and you'll have a lovely repertoire. I think you're probably ready for the flute. Here, have a go at Marjorie's. Oh, it's really difficult. Uh, don't worry. It takes a while to get used to it. Imagine you're blowing across the top of a milk bottle to get that soft sound. There you are. That's a good start. You needn't try to play a full tune or go fast. Just take it one note at a time. I've always liked the sound of a flute. Maybe I could save up to buy one. No, 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 no. You save your money. I have a good beginner's flute you can use. But you'll need to collect it from Camden. 
You head on into the Irish Centre there after work some day and tell them Mullins sent you. The Irish Centre? What's that? It's a place where they help out Irish emigrants. Some people arrive without knowing anyone and they might need advice or a hand with finding a job or a place to live. And some others would just like to meet people from home. It's a good spot. We tend to go and play a few tunes at Christmas time. So you get the tube from Tottenham Court Road with a change at Euston Station and then on the way back to Kilburn you'll get the tube again but this time to Belsize Park and then the bus. OK, I can do that. Thanks, Pat. You're welcome. Just be careful on the way. Keen Shocknessy's fiddle was stolen on the tube last week. I will. Thanks, Pat. I had memorised my route to Camden and I decided I could get there and back on my break from work. I was a little nervous about travelling across London because although I knew my way to and from Lyons Corner House, that was only a small part of the city and I was afraid of getting lost. Dad made sure I had some spare change to use the public telephone to call Marjorie if anything happened, but I wanted to show him that I could manage on my own. The tube was busy as usual, all of us packed into the train like sardines in a can. It was hot and stuffy with everyone squashed right up against each other. I thought to myself that in Dublin, people might start to have a chat, but that wasn't the way in London. Everyone kept themselves to themselves. By the time I got to the Camden Irish Centre, I was delighted to see a friendly face behind the reception desk, and sure enough, The flute was waiting there for me in a small wooden box. I was looking forward to getting home to see if I could learn to play it. At the little shop at Euston Station, I treated myself to a magazine called Rave, which I chose mainly because it had a picture of George Harrison from the Beatles on the front and a five-page article about the band inside. I could lend it to Flo from work when I was finished, as we always shared our magazines, especially when they mentioned the Beatles. We had made plans to try and go see them the next time they played. So, as I flicked through the magazine, I was thinking about how to convince my dad to let me go to a concert. And that's when it happened. Suddenly, a huge commotion of people came running through the station, with lots of shouting and cameras flashing, even some girls screaming at the tops of their lungs. It took me a moment to realise what was happening. But then I saw them. John, Ringo, Paul and George. The Beatles. The actual Beatles started right by me. I dropped my magazine and stared as they were whisked away outside into a car. It was all over very quickly, but I swear I nearly fainted. I was still in quite a daze on the tube home. Well, my dear, hello. Do you remember we met some months ago? 
Oh, hello, Sister Maria. You seem to have grown accustomed to the city well. You look like a real Londoner now. How are you finding it? Oh, it's very different from home, but I'm starting to like it. I'm glad to hear it. And are you working? Yes, at Lyons Corner House on Tottenham Court Road. And it's... Oh, I'm sorry. This is my stop. I'm afraid I have to go. Well, I wish you all the best, my dear, and enjoy your magazine. Ringo is my favourite beetle, but they rarely put him on the cover. Goodbye, sister. I finished my day's work at Lyons. It had been very exciting to tell everyone about seeing the Beatles, and poor Flo was very envious. But it wasn't until I was walking in the door of the boarding house that I realised the terrible truth. I had my Lyons uniform, my purse, my magazine, my map of London, but no flute. Somewhere between Kilburn, Camden and Tottenham Court Road, I had lost it. In all the kerfuffle at the station, I wasn't sure if I had put it down somewhere or if someone had stolen it. Either way, it was gone, and I felt sick at the thought of telling Pat. I couldn't even bring myself to tell Dad, and I spent the next week dreading the music session. But soon enough, it was Friday evening. Well, is that the flute player arrived home? Hello, Pat. So you made it all the way to Camden to collect the flute? I did, but... And you didn't get lost? No, but... And they had the flute waiting for you at the centre? Ah, Pat, would you ever put the child out of her misery? (laughs) All right, so. I had a visit from Sister Maria the other day, and she gifted me this lovely flute that you left on the tube. Oh, thank goodness. I'm so sorry I lost it. It's easily done, my dear. Glad it wasn't stolen. You'll be very careful with it from now on, won't you, Aileen? Yes, I will. I promise. And another thing, Jim. Sister Maria said she looks forward to seeing you at Mass on Sunday. She noticed you haven't been. Oh, I'll definitely be there on Sunday. Will you, Dad? Really? Do you know what? I think it's high time for a couple of tunes. Granddad. Yeah, mystery solved. I texted my brother Sean. He thinks the flute came from our cousin in London. She was always very involved in the Irish community and I remember that she used to play music very well. In fact, he has a recording of her somewhere and he's going to dig it out. Wow, that's great. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, I'm delighted you found the flute. And that just leaves one thing. What are we going to do with it? An instrument shouldn't be sitting up in the attic. It needs to be played. I suppose I could try it. I mean, I did the tin whistle for a while, so the notes are the same. But I'm not sure I'll be able to get a sound out of it. Well, it does say for the next beginner. So it looks like it's meant for you. (laughs) Go on, give it a go. That's all I can do. 
It's hard. Uh, you'll get there, Saoirse. I'm sure of it. One note at a time. The programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.